I need to go take time after this episode, truly, and let this sit in and integrate because it's, it's turning wheels in my head that haven't been spun before. Welcome to the Think Out Loud podcast. My name is George Yui, and this podcast is dedicated to those who are passionate about their personal development and are looking to create lives of passion, purpose, and peace. This podcast is called Think Out Loud because I've learned as a coach that when we think out loud, that is where insight is born. We see things more clearly, we feel things more deeply, and we move forward in life from our most authentic self. This is a Soul Fire production. Round two. Round two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love this so much. <laughs> For those tuning in, we literally are just having a role reverse swap because you were just interviewing me on your podcast, George, Think Out Loud. And now we're doing Shakti Unleashed. <laughs> oh, so good. I'm like, <laughs> why don't we have, I'm going to have you introduce yourself because I'm just in this like giddy mode right now. <laughs> I can't even put my stuff, get it together. We're starting. It's already going. <laughs> <laughs> or we don't have to get it together. We could just stay messy the whole stay time. Messy. We could be all of it, just like yeah, but no, I'm gonna have you introduce yourself. Well, something if you does so desire. Yes, something what? something does feel like it's exploding right now, doesn't it? Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> a lot of energy of movement because our last episode was I felt a lot of liberation of energy. Mm. Yeah. Actually, I'm noticing that. Like mm -hmm. in between the start of this and then the start of the first one, your energy's shifted completely. Mm. Like there's definitely like a flushing that's coming out right now. And I'm really enjoying just like Aww. holding it and just yeah. being here with it. And yeah. I'm excited to feed off of it because I'm yeah. an amplifier. Ooh. So I really work well with initiation energy. I think yes. we even talked about this a long time ago. Okay, expand. Uh, well, it's just like I am an amplifier. And mm. My, it's so funny. I went to Catholic school for seven years. I didn't know this about you. Yeah. We learn something new every day. Yes. And the principal was a nun, obviously, in the first like five years of me being in this Catholic school. And my mom always likes to joke around when Sister Edward would always say that George would never start the trouble, but he'll always join it. <laughs> So like now we're on your podcast, you're starting and I'm going to amplify it and oh, we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to see where this explosion yes. goes. Let's see. Wow. We can go to a lot of places. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Well, let's just start. Okay. In your world, George, what's alive? What's alive? What is alive? Well, there's definitely a lot of excitement about having these types of conversations and mm -hmm. having these podcasts. I just yeah. launched my Think Out Loud podcast yes. a few weeks ago. Yes. Um, and I'm really humbled because I put in so much of my heart and soul into that. Mm -hmm. And what's been happening in my life is I've been going through a cycle of a lot of disruption in my life. Mm -hmm. And so that's led to this almost expectation of disappointment to something that I feel like I really want. Mm -hmm. And so what that energetically brought me into is in this place of absolutely letting go of any outcome or expectation of what the podcast would be. Mm -hmm. But in this moment, I feel like celebrating, mm. which by the way, we're not conditioned to do. And mm. we're taught to be humble and to not brag. But my coach always says, it's not bragging if you've done it. Mm. And the thing that I feel really present to is just the overwhelming amount of support and love, but also feedback from my community as well as strangers who have already mm. come in and said, 
this episode is everything that I needed to hear right now. Oh. I even had multiple people yesterday come to me sobbing in tears because of my episode around healing heartbreak. Wow. And and people that I, I don't know well have just been pouring out like I needed to be reminded that I'm not alone through this. Mm. I needed to be reminded about intuition and that it's not psychic. Like all these insights that they were sharing and how they were supporting <laughs> them making the courageous next step in mm. their healing journey. And in also remaining open to receiving love because that's something that we so quickly do when we're disappointed is that we close off, mm-hmm. we disengage. Yes. But having the ability to remain open and step forward and take that risky but necessary step towards something that we want, whether it be love, partnership, starting a business of creative endeavor. like And, and what's really alive is actually that, that homily that I shared in the mm. former episode, which I'll share again, is I was recently reading a homily from Pope St. Francis, and he was reflecting on these three things in life that are number one about embracing the restlessness of questions that come up in our life and there's a lot of anxiety that comes with not having an answer to something Mm. like in my life right now and i'll I'll tie this Mm -hmm. to my authentic story is that i've been going through three years of growth as a coach Mm -hmm. as a business owner as a professional speaker working for myself and it's been going really well and i'm starting to get this new sensation of like, I want to be doing more in the world and I want to be spreading it wider. And I don't know yet what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I did start this podcast, ironically, in a period of depression because I Mm -hmm. want to turn my pain into something purposeful and meaningful. So I've used some of the stories and experiences that I've gone through in depression as content, as a way Mm -hmm. to create authentic, raw inspiration for other people. Mm-hmm. going through things, which is why healing from heartbreak, healing from professional loss, have episodes like that have come up and are about to be released. And still yet there is this like unknown, like I'm not making money off the podcast. There mm-hmm. isn't a means to an end with it right now. I'm purely right. creating and still putting all mm-hmm. my energy into it without a sense of knowing what's going to come from it. Mm-hmm. But it feels right because I feel alive in yes. when I energized and I, and it's serving people. And that is the primary goal right now. Mm-hmm. It's an impact goal versus an income goal. Mm. I want people to feel inspired. I want people to feel empowered. I want people to feel hopeful. I want people to find courage and getting the insights back from these people mm-hmm. that they're feeling those things is yes. all the, all the success I need right now when yes. it comes to how I measure success of the podcast. And there's a trust and faith that Mm. these questions that I have about what will it be and what will end up and where will it Mm. lead will be revealed over time. Yes. So do I have my moments where I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I'm a human. Like I cringe sometimes at like, Jesus, I don't know where my next client's coming from. Mm. I don't know if I want to even continue going all in on -on one-on-one coaching or if it looks like group containers or evergreen Mm. programs or digital programs. Mm -hmm. There's so many options and I'm finding myself not in the fuck yes energy yet. Like I was with the podcast. And I know, and that podcast has been a goal of mine for five years. Wow. And it's, I even knew what it was going to be called. I had Think Out Loud inside of me five years ago. I was like, I know I'm going to create a podcast. I know it's going to be called Think Out Loud. Wow. And it took five years to get to that point where it's like, fuck yeah, it's time. Mm. And once it's time, I go all in, right? I invested Mm. in a production company. I got the mics. Like I'm, I'm doing everything I can to make the best. And I know that that's how my energy works. Mm -hmm. 
So in between that, there's a lot of the restless anxiousness. Mm. Why am I not starting my podcast right now? I know it's going to happen. Why? Like all those stuff came up for me. And right now, all that stuff is coming up for me as to what is next. And so there's this embrace of the restlessness and the questioning, but with a sense of surrender, Mm -hmm. a sense of allowing life to kind of take over a little bit Mm -hmm. and allow life to unfold as it's meant to. And it's not that I'm just sitting on the couch watching Netflix, waiting for something to happen. I'm like double downing on what's present. I'm mm. double downing on my podcast, double downing on my newsletter, new creative outlets of mine. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, when I have a coaching conversation, I'm going all in 100% of my energy is there and present. And then there's this curiosity of like, what does the next level look like for me? And being open and flexible enough to think that anything that I envision or any fantasy that I create around that what reality has to offer could actually even be even better. Mm-hmm. And I've already started to get potential previews of that. And in dating, in mm. profession, where, who, again, who knows what these little seedlings could become. But in reading Rick Rubin's book, The Creative Act and A Way of Being in the World, there's this chapter on seeds. And he's like, we so oftentimes as artists try to force what a seed is going to be or become. Mm. And when we force that seed to try to be something that it's not meant to be, we rob it of its creative potential Mm. and possibility. And so there is a difference between force and nourishment Mm -hmm. and also just giving the thing some fucking space to do its thing (laughs) and just sit and grow in what it's meant to be. So I'm kind of like in that phase right now. And embracing that part of my journey, which doesn't have a lot of clarity. It doesn't have a lot of answers, but I'm still taking action in this direction of how do I take my mission, my gifts, my talent wider in the world? I don't know, but I'm giving that space to breathe versus pressure to fix and pressure Mm -hmm. to know. Mm -hmm. We think we need clarity and we don't, Mm -hmm. but the actions beget clarity. Mm-hmm. So what's the next action that I need to take? It's being here on this podcast with you right mm. now. And something could sprout. I mean, we were having a conversation <laughs> about money and an idea sprouted of like, hmm, what if I were to create an evergreen program around money mindset for coaches? Because this mm. seems like a very consistent thing. They're not ready for five-figure coaching with me, but I could lay out a several module thing yes. that supports coaches on money mindset that could be pre-recorded, boop, 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 give them frameworks, give them games. And put that out in the world. Like that came already as a result of two conversations I've had today. One of them being with you. Yes. So the action begets the clarity. Yes. Again, that's a seed. I don't know if I'm going to take action on it or Mm -hmm. not. But it is a seed that came up today. And I get to just sit with that. And then be like, hmm, let's take a step back. Mm -hmm. Would that be fun? Mm -hmm. Would I enjoy that? Would it help other people? So probably sometime in between now and the end of this week, I'm going to journal about that idea and see if it's something that I want to water. Maybe, maybe not. But that's kind of this dance of life that I'm playing in right now. And just honoring what feels true, what feels Mm -hmm. honest, what feels in alignment with my highest expression. And that's the the game I'm playing with life right now. I love that so much. Okay. So how did you, how would you say you 
are able to so fully openly surrender and play this game of life like this in this way, you know? And like you said, where without, you're watering your seeds, but not forcing it, you know? And you're not robbing it of its creativity and trying to make something happen, you know? Like how, because in your journey, you said what the last three years are really going full force with your business, but I know there's been a lot before that that has obviously created part of this evolution in these last forefront of three years. For people listening, how do you really tap into this true state of knowing and surrender? While, like you said, not just sitting back and watching Netflix, but like, no, double downing, taking action. But how do you, like, can you expand deeper on that? I, yeah. Yeah. There's two questions there mm-hmm. that I'll answer separately. Yeah. Um, how does one begin to practice knowing? Mm-hmm. And how does one begin to surrender? Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to actually ask, answer the latter first mm-hmm. because it's in the surrender that leads to the knowing, mm-hmm. not the other way around. Yes. Mm-hmm. People think that they need to know something in order before mm-hmm. they surrender. Mm-hmm. And it's actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll give you an example. Sometimes answers come from really abstract places. My word of this year is surrender. Mm-hmm. And what that word means to me is not an abandonment or a a, a giving up, mm-hmm. but a process of witnessing where, as Michael Singer would talk about in the surrender experiment, we have our preferential mindset. And the mind says, I want this and I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I like this and I don't like that. It's the preferential mindset. We have preferences about mm-hmm. what we think is right, wrong, good, bad, aligned, not aligned. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then there's this concept of like the law of attraction. And we write down a vision board of what we like and what we don't want and what we want to manifest. And there's this sense of, oh, the universe gives us what we want, mm-hmm. law of attraction. But then what I resonate more with is actually what Michael Reverend Beckwith talks about, which is the universe doesn't give you what you want. Mm-hmm. The universe gives you who you are. Mm-hmm. And that's the law of resonance. Mm-hmm. And so if there's my mind that says, this is what I like and dislike, and that may not be actually aligned with who I am, Life will create disruption and disconnect away from the preferential mind Mm -hmm. to create an experience of surrender to show you and me what is actually meant to be in your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So here's an example. My mind is convinced that this person is supposed to be the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Mm -hmm. This partnership professionally is the partnership I've been looking for is the one that I, these are the, this is the team I'm going to change the world with. And this is what my mind is saying. And then what happens is disruption. Mm. Those things fade away. And now I'm forcibly in this era of, of surrender because if I try to hold on to something that isn't choosing me, mm-hmm. that is what's called suffering. Yes. Attachment creates suffering. Mm-hmm. Surrender is atta- uh, surrender is kind of the if if attachment is the shadow in the mm-hmm. gene keys, and I'm making this up. This isn't actually true. I'm just <laughs> for reference. It's like yes. if if the shadow element is attachment, mm-hmm. the gift would be surrender mm-hmm. to release, yeah, to accept, mm-hmm. to embrace what is not, and to allow that to be 
and to embrace that, even though witnessing where the mind wants to grip, wants to hold on, wants to fight, but it's not meant to be. Mm-hmm. And so life brings these opportunities where we think we're so committed and we want something so bad and it's seemingly out of our control. And no matter how hard we fight, that thing, that person, that project, that team is not meant to be in our life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when we can have the faith that this is an opportunity to surrender into that and to trust, you know, I, I I heard this great quote. It actually came from a show, 1923. Mm It comes off the iteration of Yellowstone in 1884. And it's like this whole thing anyways but it was this line that said there are only three answers to a prayer mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. not yet mm-hmm. and i have something different in mind for you mm-hmm. and man's greatest challenge is accepting not yet mm-hmm. and i have something different in mind for you mm-hmm. i love that i loved it too so good because i was going through a period of deep disruption when I heard that. And I started crying when I heard that. Wow. Because I was like, fuck, I'm resisting. Mm-hmm. I'm holding on. I'm gripping and I can feel it. Mm-hmm. And energetically, it's just a witnessing of the awareness that I want something and I'm holding on to that desire and witnessing the universe is clearly pulling that away. And just saying, I'm going to set the intention of letting go energetically, mentally, emotionally, release these things that aren't serving me. And the thing that helps me, and here's the, here's the how. Mm-hmm. When I can use it as a teaching moment, I can create meaning behind loss. Mm-hmm. How is this person, this experience in my life to teach me something? Mm-hmm. And when I find out what that is, it's like, wow, this was valuable. Because mm. we can focus on what we lose or we can focus on what can we gain. And what we always gain is a growth opportunity mm-hmm. if we choose to ask the right question. Mm-hmm. So being able to step into a mode of surrender starts with being able to ask the question, how is the removal of this here to show me something that I'm meant to learn? Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to that for you. Mm-hmm. But when you ask that question and sit with it enough and let it swirl, Again, you don't have to have the answer right away, but you do have to ask the question. Seek and you shall find. Mm. Keep seeking with the right questions and eventually you will come across an insight. You'll come across a learning. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when I can grab what I've learned from these experiences and carry forward in integrating that into the next cycle in my life, I get to go back, release, and say thank you and actually have mm-hmm. gratitude for the thing that is no longer in my life. Mm-hmm. and send that thing that person love mm-hmm. thank you for here to teach me this because i didn't know this before you mm-hmm. and that creates a softening mm-hmm. that creates a surrender and that creates and 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 a, and a mantra that i have is may i be guided by my intuition have the wisdom and the courage to follow it and the faith knowing that when i do everything that is meant to be in my life will be Mm-hmm. So I have to remind myself of that when I'm losing stuff, mm-hmm. when I'm, when things are severing, when things are dying, mm-hmm. because number one, it returns me back to my center of what I know to be true about life, that everything that's meant to be in our life will be, mm-hmm. that the universe, the universe will always bring me who I am, mm-hmm. and it puts me into a place of curiosity Mm -hmm. about what could be even better Mm -hmm. next. Mm -hmm. What could this be creating space for that's even better than what was before? Mm 
And that gets me a little bit of hope. And again, when I don't have to have the answer right away, but I choose to be someone that's committed to finding that answer, even if it takes 10 years, Mm -hmm. what ends up happening is it actually takes a lot less. (laughs) And I can come back to my center. I can come back to surrender. And then to close the loop is that once I start living life and with trust and faith, something eventually happens. Mm. There's a belief that what's meant to be in my life will be. And then something happens. Something greater comes up. Right now, there's a new professional opportunity that's come up Mm -hmm. that on paper is better than what the previous opportunity was. Mm. And I now have space for it. Again, maybe it comes through. Maybe it doesn't. But what happens in that moment when I'm aware of it is that belief that what's meant to be in my life will be starts to evolve into what I call a knowing. Mm. A belief's a feeling of certainty that we have about something. Mm-hmm. A knowing is that it is certain. Mm-hmm. It's no longer a feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a knowing. Mm-hmm. And when I embrace the surrender with curiosity, life will lead me to a place of knowing just through time and experience. Mm-hmm. And it, it allows me to test the beliefs that I have the empowering things I tell myself. And that's what evolves the, the belief into a knowing and then the knowing into an embodiment with practice mm-hmm. and integration. And then with practice and integration, that turns into my identity. Mm-hmm. It's my new pattern. Mm-hmm. It's automatic. I don't even have to think about it. Mm-hmm. It's just my way of being in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the constant evolution that we go through as humans. We're always changing. Mm-hmm. We're always mm-hmm. evolving. We're wired for growth. It mm-hmm. never stops. It is one of the inevitable truths. We're either growing or we're dying. Mm-hmm. So when we embrace the opportunity to grow mentally, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, and physically, we I, I, curiosity is one of my fi- one of my core values because mm-hmm. it leads to that. It leads to that growth. It leads to a constant evolution of belief, knowing, embodiment, identity. Belief, knowing, embodiment, identity, mm-hmm. and that's the game right there of life. And it moves through cycles. We go through cycles where we go through disruption, we go through transition, and then we come into a knowing. You're kind of going through this right now. Mm -hmm. And then we go, that knowing turns into an activation and that activation turns into a really, really powerful climb. Mm. And, And when we can enjoy the journey of all of it and embrace that full spectrum and know that those cycles repeat, I've, I mean, you know, we were talking about our Saturn's return and it's like people like fear that period of time. Right. Right. But life brings us through that actually in little shards multiple times. Mm-hmm. You're going through it. I'm going through it right now. But having been through it before gives me the knowing I'm going to get through it again. Yes. It gives me the knowing that more good things are coming. Mm-hmm. It gives me the knowing that I'm, I'm, not, I'm either moving forward or moving back. And I know I'm committed to moving forward. Right. And sometimes that means taking what feels like two steps back. Mm-hmm. But the inevitable truth of life is that all things change and all things end. Mm-hmm. And having a relationship with the impermanence of life and death is so important as a spiritual practice to mm-hmm. be able to embrace disruption. Mm-hmm. And that's been a spiritual journey of mine. Since I lost my best friend at age 21 years old. And it's an experience that we all go through when we experience death and loss. Mm -hmm. 
But there are these micro deaths and micro losses, as well as our internal identity of micro death and micro loss, mm -hmm. that when we learn how to embrace that, we find grace. Mm -hmm. We find grace through the chaos. And we no longer have to wait for something in order to feel happiness or mm -hmm. to feel joy or to feel fulfillment or to feel ecstasy or the profundity of the simplicity that is existing in the miracles of everyday moment, mm -hmm. of everyday life, through each breath, each glance at a, sh a shard of grass or a witnessing of a hummingbird flying. Mm -hmm. It's all magical. Mm -hmm. And the embracing of all of that I found has led to this mm. peace. Mm. <sighs> So good. I like just need to like take this in myself for a moment, honestly. <laughs> yeah. You know, the first thing just coming through is when you mentioned the hummingbird thing. It's like, I don't know, maybe to you and I, like when I see a hummingbird, no matter what, I'm always excited. But I've seen them all the time, you know? I actually met someone not recently who had never seen a hummingbird in their life. Mm. And I was just like, wait, what? Really? Like <laughs> <laughs> and it just I don't know it just uh, I don't even know where I'm really going with this but it's just what came through just just full presence like the littlest thing like that is literally what brings joy and I know it sounds so cliche and mundane like yes be in the present moment but actually yes be in the present moment you were talking about like in your evolution of your spiritual journey and everything and I've really found as I've gone through my own journey Literally the simplest things of just sitting in the grass, like watching grass. I'm like, yes, like watching creatures, bugs and nature and everything and just watching them and their own evolution of life and thinking, what are, what are they thinking of? Do they even think like, what are they, of course they think, but I don't even know where I'm going with this, but it's literally what came through and I'm like, we're going with this stuff. So here we go. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. Hmm. There's so much there. Like, what about, okay, so you went, let's go back to this piece around, you know, something comes through, a feeling becomes a belief, becomes a knowing, becomes an embodiment. Can you give an actual example in your own personal life? Doesn't, not personal, but in your own life. No, yeah, of, absolutely. Yeah, like a grounded example. I just, that's what's coming through. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, when I was going through my first depression, mm -hmm. I was working in corporate America. I was the number two producer for a $2 billion company, and I was completely miserable. Mm -hmm. I learned that success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure of life. Oof. Because why work so hard and so passionately towards something that doesn't render the feeling of happiness and joy and fulfillment and ecstasy and bliss mm -hmm. and contentment and self-worth? Mm -hmm. So I went on a journey. And I remember my first Tony Robbins seminar. And I remember seeing Tony on stage completely blasting me open and completely changing me from the inside out on my sense of awareness around who I am and why I'm here. And I never forget the moment where he's on stage in front of 10,000 people and he's dancing on stage and just rallying people to move and chant yes and the collective energy and the tears and witnessing and being in all that, I got this belief that came through of like, this is why you are on planet earth. Mm. 
you are meant to do what this man does. Mm. Like, I'll never forget that moment. Wow. It was in that moment that I was like, oh my God, I know why I'm here. I know why I survived the car accident at 16 years old. It was, it was to help people go through exactly what I'm going through right now, mm. which is to awaken and discover the best version of, of themselves that has mm. always been there, that our own mental limitation and fear and blocks have been holding me back from seeing who I am and why I'm here. I'm meant to help people do that. Mm. I'm meant to help move people. I'm help, meant to people find and rediscover their own power and help people remember how powerful they are. Wow. I just, I, it was, it was it's actually such a strong belief. It felt like a knowing, but it really mm-hmm. was a belief because I hadn't done it yet. Mm-hmm. Or so the story toes. And I was 26 at the time. And it took another, I think, two years to leave my job. Mm-hmm. And ironically, I then went to go and I started my coaching practice. The LLC got it signed up. And then I went to go work for Tony Robbins because that opportunity presented itself. And I was like, how could I not at least try this for six mm-hmm. months? I gave it basically two years leading into the pandemic. And this is where the story gets really good is that in the pandemic, I had a moment of insight that just said, it's time. Mm-hmm. It's time to finally commit to your coaching practice and to go all in on it because you've been half-assing it. Not even mm-hmm. like 10% assing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not even a full cheek, just like <laughs> little butt hair worth. <laughs> Like literally just had been not putting any effort into it. And it was like, all right, I believe that I can do this. I'm going to trust in my intuition that says I can do this. And I'm going to move home, start my coaching practice at my parents' house at 32 years old, something I never thought I would do, start a business in a pandemic, move at home. Mm. And as soon as I did that, life was never the same. Wow. I hired my own coach. I worked with him for 18 months. And in that period of time, I started a six-figure coaching practice. Mm. And the result that came after believing in myself and taking the actions of going home and committing and doing it turned that belief into a knowing. Mm. And that knowing only continued to grow more and more and more as it continued. You know, there was a time where I was really uncomfortable with a coaching conversation. Mm. I thought I had to have... The exact questions mapped. Right. I thought I had the, the seven-step program and month one is this theme and month two is this theme and month three is this theme. Now I show up to every coaching conversation having no idea where the conversation is going to mm-hmm. go at all. Mm-hmm. I just ask, where should we begin? Mm-hmm. What's alive for you? Yes. What's present? And boom, without a doubt, every conversation ends up going somewhere really powerful. Mm. But it's the experience of having that over and over and over and over and over again that led me to the knowing that I can hold that space and trust that whatever the conversation is meant to be is mm. going to go. Confidence was not a prerequisite for me starting my coaching business, mm-hmm. but courage was. Mm-hmm. I believed I could do it. I was afraid I couldn't. I didn't know if I could or not, but I still chose to do it anyways. That's what courage is. Fear mm. and action coming together. Mm. Confidence is the result. Confidence and knowing are very connected to one another. They have the same frequency. Mm -hmm. And with continued repetition, and still, I repeated that earlier today when I was coaching you, every time I'm continuing to embody and continuing to integrate that knowing 
in my way of being as someone who wants to inspire and empower people mm. to reach the goals and, and achieve passion, purpose, and peace in their life. Mm. It's a consistent practice. It's a consistent embodiment of that. And with that comes an identity where mm. I don't have to think about it. I'm now just, right. it's coming through me. Hopefully the listeners in that little riff I just, Oh, that yeah. wasn't planned. We didn't outline that. No. It's just that is coming through me mm-hmm. because those belief systems, those knowings, it's mm-hmm. it's here. It's mm-hmm. in my body. Yes. I'm not thinking about how do I sound or what should I say or how should I frame this? It just comes through me. And that comes with time. And that comes with the life experience of having a belief, going through an experience that solidifies that into a knowing, mm-hmm. intentional practice and repetition of whatever that is mm-hmm. to the solidification of identity. And the cat, the, the, the funny part about all that is that when I was at Tony Robbins saying, I believe that I can be a coach, mm. what my coach helped me realize six years later, when I moved home and started my coaching practice, he asked me, how long have you been a coach? Well, I went home in July. So a couple months and he goes, you're not answering my question. That's when you started your business. Mm. How long have you been someone who has enjoyed holding space for people mm. talking about hardship, talking about dreams? wanting to help people. Mm. How long have you been that person? And I was like, fuck, my whole life. Mm. And I remember the very first quote unquote coaching conversation I had at age 14 years old with a senior in high school when I was a freshman. Mm -hmm. And it was a conversation that involved me helping this guy through a relationship conflict. And I was a freshman. (laughs) I had never had a girlfriend at that point, (laughs) but I held the space and he got an insight And he was so moved by it. He was like, George, give me your phone. Here's my number. If anyone fucks with you, I got your back. I'll fuck them up. He was so passionate about helping me because I helped him. Yes. And that, and I remembered that moment when my coach asked me that. I was like, oh my God, I've been this way my whole life. Coaching isn't a thing I do. It's actually always been my way of being. I just didn't see it. It was my blind spot. And now all of a sudden I realized that that confidence that I felt just exponentially grew just from the highlight of seeing how I was actually that at my corporate job. We just called the word leader or manager mm. or director, but I was the same guy. Yes. I saw that in my, in my relationships and I saw that in my romantic relationships. I saw that through myself in high school. It's always who I've been. Mm. Now I just have a system and a structure and a model to create a business around it. Right. And with some intentional decisions, I can structure it in a way that now I can make a living doing. But it's it's not about coaching is the thing I do to make money and pay my bills. Coaching right. is my way of being in the world. And there's a trust that when I add tremendous mm. value in people's lives and work with people who are creating tremendous value in the world, yeah. there's an exchange relationship that that value and energy comes back to me. Energy is just a fancy word for money. Yes. It's just money. Yes. Energy is just money. Money is just energy. And so it's just that is like to me the quintessential example of my life story culminated through this framework of belief knowing embodiment Mm. identity i just have to say i'm having a million insights like my kundalini is going like when you were saying this like it's been my whole life i was like sitting there like whoa there's a lot happening at the back of my heart like and like full body goosebumps like just resonance of everything you're saying for you and for like And for people tuning in, like when you're just so like when you just fucking know and I don't know, I'm getting so activated by this piece right there that you just said that you just shared. 
I feel is activating so much in me because obviously, you know what? For all of y'all listening, you can also get the background context on Think Out Loud, episode 14. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to go into everything we went there, but, you know, because this is happening now after our original conversation where you were interviewing me. I just feel like, like I'm the version of you some years ago, you know, and I'm having this revelation, like Steph, the same question. No, I've been a fucking coach, leader, whatever you want to call it my entire life too. And I've never, I've never thought about it like that. For people listening, ask yourself, whatever it is you're doing or passionate about, you want to lean into like, how long have you been doing this in your life? Because fuck, it's not just a title that you've been doing it since you've quote unquote started this endeavor, business, entrepreneurship, job, whatever it is. It's no, like there's a reason, you know, it's, it's part of your dharma that you're living it. Cause it's literally, I'm like so activated right now from this. Like I, I need to go take time after this episode truly and let this sit in and integrate because it's, it's turning wheels. The image I have is it's turning wheels in my head that haven't been spun before. I'm going to actually encourage you to take a deep breath right now. Boom. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But actually do it. I'm doing it. (laughs) (sighs) What do you see in yourself? Yeah. That you didn't see before that, but you now see it. Like the identity piece. Yeah. And who is that? Yeah, just fully owning that I've always been a leader. (sighs) A mentor and a guide. And it's not just a title. It's like identity. And I, I know from NLP... Because I've done NLP, like identity, your identity is the most powerful fucking component to creating shifts in your life. Because if it's only behavioral, motivational, it's it's still surface level. It's not fully integrated. It's thinking like, oh, I need to, like very common example to make it relatable. Like, oh, I need to eat healthy to, versus the identity piece. I I'm healthy. You know? Yeah, whoa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm like having so much coming through right now. I feel like we're having think out loud part two. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? You're an activator? No, amplifier. <laughs> yeah, wow. I think that was a missing piece for me was the identity. Whew. Wow. yeah what's really beautiful is that what I've also come to know is that when we stand in our identity when we become aware of it like you are becoming aware of it in this moment right now beneath all the questioning the doubt the conditioning the things that we're taught we are and the things that we're taught we're not we cut through that shit and we get to the source and we realize that it's been there all along. That in the same way that my mom used to tell me the, her favorite thing 
that she used to see in the third in the three year old boy that her, in her favorite photograph was that this picture embodies my sensitivity mm-hmm. and realizing that my sensitivity is the greatest gift that I have that allows me to do what I do as a coach. Yeah. And that my mom saw that in me at three years fucking old. <laughs> when we can really return back to the source of who we are and who we've yeah. always been and we choose to stand in that with conscious awareness of it, it's really powerful is that all you have to do is just be that person. And just like what's happening right now, it begins to shift people energetically by just being in the presence of that person. When I, when I do leadership coaching with my, even my corporate clients, I guide them to a place where they set this goal to be so powerful in their honesty and in their truth and in their authenticity that the mere presence of them without anything said shifts people in just their way of being. And when you tap into that, like what you're tapping into right now, you make that conscious choice to be that woman of devotion and whatever it is that else that's coming through for you, because I know it's more than just devotion. And you solidify that awareness, you realize confidence that you've always been that, and you just stand in that. You anchor in that. People move just by being in the presence of that. They feel the auric field of that. And that, I think that's beauty. That's fulfillment. That's meaning. That's purpose. That's power, the positive kind, the kind that helps, the kind that serves. Ooh, wow. (laughs) I'm like, like taking in a lot, moving through a lot. It's like, whoa, I even just feel like just energy moving through my neck, Mm -hmm. my spine. It's like, talking about Sufi circles I'm just like something really got activated mm-hmm. <sighs> wow and sometimes just honoring space for that yeah. to be is all that's needed yeah sometimes it's just letting it breathe letting it simmer totally letting the nervous system realign yeah letting the energy channels in your body realign and just letting that sit there's yeah. no more there's nothing else that needs to be <sighs> wow you know i'm just gonna share so it's funny because there's this not funny but i'm noticing this part of me that's thinking oh but i'm hosting this so where where do we go next it's like steph you're right now you're not in a place to to guide the energy because right now the energy is moving within in, a, in an entirely new way it just feels like i said wheels are turning different what do you call it wavelengths or synapses whatever you want like the, you know are you're taking a little microdose but a macro dose of something just <laughs> well that's where I'd, I'd actually say and point out that you are guiding people in this moment mm. you're guiding people by guiding yourself yes because you can only take people as far as totally. you've taken yourself and you are most powerful as a guide in your vulnerability yeah. And so just the audience being able to witness you and your vulnerability is guiding them. And our role as a coach is to know that that's enough. Our role is to know when to pause. And in the world where it's always saying, what's next? What's next? What's next? More, more, more. Our work is to know when to draw the line 
and say, that's all we need for today. We're done. Yeah. We're complete. There's nothing more. There's, that's it. Knowing when to pause and yeah. let it simmer is, is the experience. And when you can do that for yourself, knowing, ooh, it's moving. Yeah. I'm there. That's it. You can then hold that space for other people and just go, hey, your mind wants to go there, there, more, more, more. Yeah. You're there. That's it. Let it shift. Just Ooh. be with that. Yeah. It's so funny because it's obviously like if it was you and the opposites, or we were role reverse and you know, be like, okay, it's done. It's complete. And it's this, again, this subtle pressure that I put on myself, you know, okay. You know, and so, no, you know, what's coming through is like, yeah, I feel complete with this part, with this episode. And immediately my whole kundalini is like, (laughs) 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 and like, there's definitely though a part two to come through. I'm going to make a part two to this episode. Once I've paused and integrated, mm-hmm. I'll share the revelations. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for now. Ooh, wow. Thank you, George. Thank you for having me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of the Think Out Loud podcast. If you liked it, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review it and potentially share it with a friend. And if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram at shapeshift underscore coach, or just search my name. And you can also find me on my website at www.shapeshiftcoach.com. Look forward to seeing you here again soon.